Hey, this is so, so lovely, and you're listening to the Carrie Bradshaw Sucks Podcast. Now, you may be asking yourself, what? What does this mean? Well, if you are unfamiliar with who Carrie Bradshaw is, Carrie Bradshaw is, shall we say, the lead character of the HBO classic show that is Sex in the City. And this is the Sex in the City rewatch podcast. So, we're going to discuss all things Sex in the City, starting with episode one, season one, and we're going to introduce you to the characters, discuss the shows. There'll be a little bit of clips in here so you could actually hear a little bit of the audio from the show in case you haven't seen the episode in question. Um, I'll be breaking down each and every episode and in the midst of it, we're going to discover exactly why Carrie Bradshaw sucks. So what exactly is Sex and the City? Sex and the City is a show that follows around four women in New York City who just so happens to be friends. They follow them as they date, as they have sex, as they marry, as they discuss their relationships, and basically this is just a show about their lives. Um, The show first premiered in 1998 in June, and the show is set in New York City. So... We have Carrie, who is our main character. She's a sex columnist. We have Samantha, or Sam Jones. She is a public relations person. She has her own public relations firm. We have Charlotte. Charlotte is in, works in an art gallery. And we have Miranda, and Miranda is a high-powered attorney. Now, each of these four friends, as you can imagine, have four distinct personalities. Um, let me start. Who would I start with? I'll start with Charlotte. Charlotte is more conservative. She's more refined. She is looking to get married. And she's like, I'm in my 30s. This is my prime. I need to hurry up and lock somebody down so I can get married, have kids, and have a house for the white picket fence. Then we have Miranda. Miranda is all about her career. If she dates, she dates. And whoever she dates, they have to be on a certain type of level for her to even entertain them because she doesn't have time for foolishness. And we see that how that affects a lot of her relationships and how she grows and changes as a result of the late relationships that she entertains. Then we have Samantha. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that this is Samantha is my favorite. She's always been my favorite. Carrie was cool, but Samantha, I really, I wouldn't say admired her because it's something that she does that I would never do, but Samantha is a take charge kind of person, and as a person with a type A personality, like, I was like, okay, yeah, I get her. <laughs> Me and her, we would get along in real life. Um, Samantha is very, sees what she wants, goes out and takes for it. She's not going to sit on the side and wait for somebody to go and get it for her. She's not going to ask her homegirls to hook her up. She's going to go walk straight up to the dude and be like, hey, what's up? (laughs) And I've always had respect for that. And Carrie, like I said, she's our main character. She's our protagonist. And she's the one who narrates the story. She drives the story. And um, she's still trying to figure it out. She's like a lot of us in our 30s who have a good job. She's actually in a field doing something that she loves and she pays getting paid to do it. How many of us could actually say that? So I give her her props there. But when it comes to dating, 
sis is clueless. <laughs> I don't know what she was doing in her 20s because some of these mistakes that she's making in her 30s, she should not be making. She should have figured it out already. But we are in this for the long haul. This show is six seasons. I can't guarantee you that I will be doing six seasons worth of podcast recording. I'm going to tell you that right now because that is a lot of commitment. But I'm going to at least give you a good whole season. One season one. Okay. Because let's see how many episodes are in each season. Well, shoot. Season six alone had 20 episodes. So... Season one, let's see. Yeah, I think season one has 20 as well. Season one has 12. So you getting at least 12 good episodes for me. <laughs> but not just me. This group, we're going to be having guests and other people to discuss because I'm sure you don't want to hear my whole voice by myself every single episode. I don't even want to talk that much every single episode. So I can guarantee you that we're going to mix things up. We're going to shake things up. And we're going to have a good time discussing the goods, the bads, the ins, the outs, and the ups and downs of the lives of these four women. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it. Now, episode one is a pilot, of course, and it lays the groundwork for a lot of the things that we'll see to come. Um, we are introduced to Carrie, we're introduced to several of her friends, some of the other main characters of the show, ancillary characters, and we also see Carrie um, working in her profession, which is she's a writer, but we'll get into that. So let's get started. Episode one is titled Sex in the City. It opens up with Carrie telling a story about a friend of hers named Elizabeth. Elizabeth moves to New York City where she meets a wonderful man named Ken at a gallery opening. Ken spits his game saying that he thinks that he's seen her around. And she explains to him that she couldn't possibly have seen her around because she's from London. So, but you know what? Sparks fly. It's love at first sight. From then on, they date, they dine, they fuck. He takes her house shopping. And mind you, this is all within a two-week span. He then, quote-unquote, pops the question. Now, what is the question? He asks Elizabeth if she wants to meet his parents. Of course, she's excited. Of course, she says yes. He's looking forward to this as we see it on her face, but then something happens. Two weeks go by, and Elizabeth hasn't heard anything from him. Um, he asks for a rain check. He says that he's been busy. Then we flash forward to a scene of her spilling her guts at a table to a curly-haired, cigarette-smoking Carrie Bradshaw in a local diner. And this is our introduction to our lead character, Carrie. Carrie proceeds to ask, why are there so many great unmarried women and not so great unmarried men? From here, we get to a montage of New York City's eligible and ugly bachelors in various fields, ages, and sizes. Each one that they show on the screen is worse than the other. From here, we meet Carrie's friend Miranda. Miranda begins to explain how a friend of hers had a meltdown after hitting her 40s and not finding, in her words, any eligible dick. We then meet Charlotte, who gives her spiel. In the middle of this, we meet a character who will pop up later named Skipper Johnson. Skipper is a mop-top nerd of a man who looks as desirable as a half-eaten hoghead cheese sandwich. And I'm serious. Skipper is not attractive at all. Um... All the men in this montage are stating that women should just settle, while the women in this montage are stating that they shouldn't limit their options because they are older. 
which I wholeheartedly agree. And being a person um, at my big age of 38, I can definitely say that I see this a lot. I see it in real life, and I also see it on the Twitter timeline, y'all. These men out here really think that us women should just be us taking anything just because we're getting up there in age. However, us women of a particular age, we're already settled. We're established in our fields and our careers. We know where we're going. We have our heads on straight. Some of us have children and, you know, relationships that didn't work. Some of us have never had children or been married. But either way, we know exactly what we want. And we shouldn't have to settle. So, uh, guys, I need y'all to fix your mentality because uh, contrary to popular belief, you are not the prize. Okay, let me say that again. You are not the prize. I'm sorry. I I don't know who told you that you was. I know your mama loves you. Your, Your siblings love you. I know a lot of women cater to you. There's a lot of talk about getting PS6s purchased or what is it, PS5s purchased. But guess what? Y'all ain't the prize, okay? Anyway, um, the next scene, in the next scene, we are transported to a drag restaurant. And this is where we meet the true star of the show, Samantha. Samantha is older than other three gals, so she has a lot more life experience, a lot more lived experience, and she seems to have figured out the art of dating. Samantha states that the right guy is an illusion, and once we let the illusion go, we can begin to enjoy dating. I'm going to pause right here because when she said that, I shouted. <laughs> I literally shouted in my room because it's true. We have this illusion of what we believe to be the perfect person, but I don't think that it's settling and letting go of that illusion. It's breaking, what can I say? It's breaking stereotypes because, yes, you can want all these things in a person, but it's not necessarily all the things that you really want or desire because I'm not going to say that we've been programmed. Because that sounds too hotepish. But we've been led to believe that we all should have a certain type of life. That we should have the husband, the household picket fences, 2.5 kids, the dog, and all that stuff. And as soon as you let go of that illusion, you can see what it is that you actually desire as a person. What your wants and your needs and what your desires are. And they could be totally different from that. You could want a condo in Miami with a guy and no kids or you can want a house in Vermont making jam (laughs) with your own fits it doesn't matter it should only be about what you want and not what society says or dictates that you should have and I hope that makes sense to y'all Next up, we meet another one of Carrie's good friends uh, Stanford Blatch and I'm just gonna go ahead and say it here Stanford is beyond thirsty, like George Costanza of Seinfeld levels of thirsty. This is a running theme throughout the show. Um, This is someone who (laughs) definitely, um, how do I put this gently? Um, He's setting his sights way above and beyond what he's able to catch, if he kind of catch my drift. I'm not saying that Stanford isn't attractive to someone. I'm sure that he is. But his expectations far exceed what he is able to provide. So, 
take it as you wish. But that still hasn't stopped him from going after what he desires. I mean, God bless him and more power to him. But there's a way in which you do things. And the way in Stanford chooses to do things, yeah, it really don't jive with me. Um, he's not that assertive, but he is super, super, super thirsty. And I just, I, I don't, I do not like thirst. I'm sorry. You could be, he's parched. He's beyond thirst. Um, we also see where Carrie breaks the third wall in speaking directly to the audience. Now, this is like a running thing on a lot of 90s shows. I know that Joan used to do it on Girlfriends, like in the first two seasons. I hated it. I don't understand why it's a thing, but I'm glad that they <laughs> stopped doing this later on in the show because it really, really, really would irritate me. Um, so this is one of the reasons why Carrie Bradshaw sucks. Because just talk to your friends. Don't talk to the audience. A voiceover is good. You don't have to stop and look directly at it. Just, just carry on. Carry on, Carrie. <laughs> While they're dining, Carrie notices an old flame sitting at the bar. She figures that this is perfect. This is the perfect time to test out Samantha's theory. So what does she do? She moses her way up to the bar flirts with this man by blowing smoke directly in his face and they arrange to hook up at his place later. Next thing you know, we see Carrie laying in bed, getting head from this mediocre looking white man. And when he gets up and asks her to return the favor, she tells him that she has to go to work and proceeds to dash out the door. Shortly after leaving his apartment, she bumps into a man on the street and this spills her con the contents of her purse on the ground. While she's picking up these contents, this is where we meet the infamous Mr. Big. I left feeling powerful, potent, and incredibly alive. I felt like I owned the city. Nothing and no one could get in my way. Number one, he's very handsome. Number two, he's not wearing a wedding ring. Number three, he knows I carry a personal supply of ultra-textured Trojans with a reservoir tip. Thanks a lot. While their encounter is relatively brief, we definitely see that Carrie sees something in this gentleman. He's tall, he's handsome, he has a full head of hair, he has a nice business suit on, he looks like he knows where he's going, and she kind of likes that. Next, we see Carrie drinking coffee with her friend Skipper, who is lamenting over his dating failures because he considers himself too sensitive. But I assure you, Skipper has no self-awareness because if he did, he would realize that sensitivity was the least of his problems. Skipper asks her to hook him up with a friend and she agrees to pawn him off on Miranda, even though she suspects that Miranda will hate him. We flash forward to Carrie meeting up with her friends, minus Charlotte, at a club called Chaos, which apparently was a hot spot. When she arrives, Miranda is already seated at the bar with Skipper, discussing how everyone in the place looks like a model. Miranda is currently reading Skipper for filth, and he nervously fumbles the bag. He, in this scene, Miranda is explaining how everyone in the place looks like a model, and how models tend to be really stupid, and men gravitate towards those models who may not have a lot of intelligence or a lot to say versus women who don't look like models 
who are smart and intelligent and have a lot to offer. And then Skipper tells her that she's be- he thinks she's beautiful. And then Miranda turns around and says, oh, so because I'm beautiful, you think I'm stupid? And then he just begins to completely fumble over his words and miss his transition to be able to make it smooth and, you know, try and work his way. So like I said, it wasn't a sensitivity issue. Your boy Skipper has no game. Zero. Zilch. We then see Carrie enter the club, and while she's walking her way to the bar, she runs into her hookup again, and he takes her in his arms. He looks so happy to see her. He plants this huge kiss on her face, which she's kind of thrown aback by, and I would be too. Like, we don't go together. Why are you putting your hands on me? Why are you kissing all on me? Like, I, I don't like that. Um, when she's engages in this conversation with him you notice that she doesn't feel as powerful as she did before um when she thought that she had all the control in the situation but she quickly realizes that her little trick didn't work as well as she thought while she's sitting there looking like sour milk here comes our fave samantha and samantha comes over and tells her to get a load of the future donald trump that's seated in vip they glance over in the VIP section. And who is it? I'm going to give y'all a minute to take a guess. You already know who it is. It is none other than Mr. Big himself. Samantha decides that she's going to shoot her shot. And she makes her way over to this area. So i got to break something down for y'all. Um, remember what I said about Samantha being a little bit older than the rest of the ladies? Um, Samantha really has no shame when it comes to dating. She is what would be classified as like a man eater. She sees what she wants. She goes out for what she wants. She shoots her shot with no hesitation. She's like Steph Curry out here. (laughs) She's shooting threes and landing them. She has all the confidence in the world that you would think that someone would want or desire. And she does not care about how she is seen. She just wants to get what she wants. And if it turns into a relationship, great. If it winds up being a one-night stand, even better. Um, Samantha is someone who knows what she wants and goes out to get it. So regardless of how you feel about um, casual sex, situationships, or whatever the case may be, you got to admire Samantha for being an assertive woman, being an exacting woman, being a successful woman, and not being afraid to use her influence or her power. She is no one's shrinking violet. So after we see Samantha walk over to Mr. Big's section, we catch up with Charlotte. And Charlotte was not at the party because she had a date with one of the men in the montage. This man named Capote Duncan. Now, he was one of the main ones talking about women when they get a certain age need to go ahead and let things go and settle and be okay with just putting out. While they're walking away from their event, he asks her if he wants she wants to go to his place for a nightcap. She kind of hesitates, but then she gives into it because he she knows that he has a lot of money, which means that he could possibly have some really good art in his place. And if you know anything about Charlotte, she works for an art gallery. She's an art curator, so the, this is her pleasure. So she decides to go back with him to his place. They go to his place. She's looking around at art. He approaches her, starts caressing her and kissing her. 
And she lets him know that it's not going to be any of that going on tonight. That she needs to leave. And um, that they could do something another time. Because she's not that kind of girl. So, he's like, okay, no problem. I respect it. And they proceed to go downstairs. And he hails the cab for her. Um, while she's getting in the cab, he asks her, well, wait, you're headed up somewhere in New York City. And she says, yeah, I'm heading in that direction. So then he leans in the cab and tells the cabbie to drop him off at Chaos. At this point, Charlotte is a little put off by his antics. Like, we just had a date. Why are you going back out? And to this, he replies and says that while he respects her, he needs to get laid. Now, ladies and gentlemen, um, men do stuff like this all the time. They have other dates arranged just in case things don't go well with you. I mean, women do this too, but men, like, for real, for real. They always have someone in their phone that they could call to get a little quickie or something like that. But this is the first time I've seen something as blatant as this. He was like, girl, you cooling off. I don't know. I need to get my rocks off. <laughs> so you see them going to uh going away and he goes back to the club. So we show up at the club and we see our good sis Samantha trying her best to woo Mr. Big. She has a big cigar. She's speaking really soft and sultry. She's showing her game, telling him that she does PR for the club and they have a secret room and she asks him if he wants to go. And Mr. Big clearly is not impressed and just tells her, you know what, maybe, maybe some other time. Samantha's face is a little bit cracked because usually men don't resist what she has to offer. Samantha ain't a bad looking woman. She don't have a bad looking figure at all. Big just ain't that kind of dude. And clearly he just ain't attracted to her like that. So, sorry, Samantha. Not this time. <laughs> the story continues and takes us to another part of the club. And this time we see that your good friend Skipper has fallen head over heels by having his balls busted by Miranda. And we see them walking outside. They're saying their parting goodbyes. And then something changes. And Miranda starts to make out with him. This is very gross to me because number one, um, as much as I say Carrie sucks, I really don't care for Miranda's character either, um, or either, whichever way you prefer. I would say if we were to compare Sex in the City to Insecure, Miranda is the Molly of the group. She just really, she never really sat well with me. But we'll get into that in future episodes to come. Um, we go back into the club and we see where your boy Capote has found someone to hook up with. And that person is Samantha Jones. <laughs> they leave the club. We see them walking inside his place. And while they're making out, Capote tells her that he has to get up early so she can't spend the night. We see that this kind of hurts your girl Samantha a little bit, but then she shakes it off and she assures him that she ain't trying to stay because she too has to get up to work early. And it's at this point where I suspect that Samantha is an Aries because we ain't going to let you know that you hurt our feelings. We're just going to take it on the chin and then we're going to figure it away 
We'll get you back later. <laughs> we flash back to the club and we see y'all little favorite or whatever, Carrie outside, struggling to catch herself a taxi cab. And just when she's about to give up, who pulls up? This is the third interaction that they've had in this episode alone. So this kind of lets you know that Mr. Big is more than just a walk-on person. He's going to be around for a little bit. So he asks her if she needs a ride, and she jumps in. While they're riding to Carrie's home, they engage in conversation. They have a little bit of banter back and forth. He asks her what she does for work, and she says that she's a sexual anthropologist, to which he asks her if she's a hooker. Baby. <laughs> I hollered because all she had to do was say that she writes about sex but Carrie being Carrie she just had to be extra for no damn reason and she begins to explain that she has a sex column and that she's currently researching an article on if women can have sex like men and in the middle of this conversation she assumes that Mr. Big is like the rest of the men that she's interacted with the little random hookup that she had earlier the men that we saw on the montage but Mr. Big ain't like them dudes i mean you going to see that Mr. Big is truly a piece of shit but he ain't that kind of piece of shit interesting enough though big kind of looks disturbed by her what oh, we call it insensitivity about about the subject, and he proceeds to let him know, her know that he's not that type of guy, and then he asks her, or let's just basically tells her, maybe you've never been in love. So the scene fast forward, and they pull up to her apartment, and they say their goodbyes, but before she steps on the curb, she turns around because she has a parting question for Big. been in love i find that to be a rather interesting question big is clearly in his late 30s i haven't met anybody in their late 30s that hasn't been in love yet um then also it's kind of interesting because in her asking that we see that his statement towards her of saying maybe you've never been in love kind of rubbed her the wrong way kind of made her feel some kind of way and made her do some like internal thinking real quick so it's safe to assume that our girl carrie has never been in love at this point carrie is in her early 30s i think she's like 32 or 33 which is funny enough is the same age savannah was supposed to be in waiting to exhale so we have our young carrie never been in love Super judgmental about men in her life, making grown woman making bad decisions and choices, and here she is, face cracked on the side of a New York street, realizing that not all men are dogs, and sometimes women are, <laughs> because she has to evaluate her own self. Um, so why does Carrie Bradshaw suck 
in this episode. There's several ways in which he's sexed, but I'm choosing to focus on this last scene in the limo with Mr. Big. Carrie was all about herself and what she could get in that entire exchange and that entire conversation. Granted, she didn't know him from a can of paint, but she made the decision to jump into his town car. She could have walked. She could have waited to catch another cab, but she took advantage of his generosity. And then she chose to use that moment to interrogate him and treat him like another subject in in her article instead of really trying to truly get to know him for who he was. So in that instance, I gotta say your girl Carrie is trash, okay? Carrie sucks. <laughs> um, but this episode pretty much lays the groundwork for how the show progresses. Um, we see a lot of instances of Carrie discussing Carrie is basically the narrator of the show. So she does a lot of talking over certain scenes, a lot of explanations, putting pieces together storytelling we see a lot of her telling other folks stories and them being used as a plot device for the actual episodes themselves um i'm not saying that i don't enjoy carrie as a character but watching this or re-watching this at my big age of 38 is a lot different from when i used to sneak and watch this uh when i was in high school a lot different because I literally had no sexual experience. I had very little dating experience. So all of this seemed brand new to me. But having lived life and dated and married and divorced, I have a different gaze. I have a different lens now. So there's a lot of things that Carrie does, a lot of decisions that she makes, a lot of mistakes that she makes that seem very odd to me that someone in their 30s who is a professional writer writing about dating and sex, would be making. It just don't make no sense. And I can't make it make sense in my mind. So I'm not saying that's the basis for why Carrie sucks. It's because of my own personal experiences. Carrie sucks because she's, she's a trash individual for a wide variety of reasons. Cigarette smoking alone puts her in that category. Now, I'm not judging y'all. It was what you do in your home is your business. But can you imagine blowing smoke in somebody's face as a way of flirting with them? Who does that? That's nasty. And I just know her her apartment stinks because she smokes inside. But we're going to leave that there. Um... I hope that you enjoyed the very first episode of Carrie Bradshaw Sucks. I look forward to seeing your comments. Please give me um, feedback. You can email me at cbradshawsucks at gmail.com. Uh, you could also leave me some feedback on social media. The Twitter handle is also cbradshawsucks. We're on Instagram at Carrie Bradshaw Sucks and on Facebook at Carrie Bradshaw sucks. Um, I look forward to discussing the next episode with you. Um, that will drop on another Monday. I'm not sure if it's going to be the following Monday or the Monday after that. Still trying to figure out if this is going to be a weekly or bi-weekly thing, but, um, either way, I'll let y'all know. Um, I appreciate your support in advance and thank you again for listening to Carrie Bradshaw sucks and I'll see you next time.